Jesus. Jesus has just had one of the most just amazing experiences ever. He was baptized, right? And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove and the sky like split open. This state farm voice, this is my son whom I love and in him I am well pleased. That happens. Epic, right? In the very next verse, in the next chapter, we pick it up. Matthew 4. It says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Pause here for a second. What? He just had this amazing experience. And very next thing that happens is that he's led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. What's going on? Don't count it strange when that happens to you. You've had this amazing experience with God. And then the very next thing that happens after that is that you find yourself in a wilderness type season. Woo! Okay. Verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Pause here for example. We just heard, everyone heard, that a voice from heaven came and said, this is my son. And here, tempter is saying, what did God say? You just fasted, you just had that experience. What did God say to you? It's gonna be, you're gonna be tested. You're gonna be tested. If you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. The devil knows the Bible too, everybody. He can manipulate what we read. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again. The devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. He's after our worship worship. He's after our focus. He's after our attention. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, his small group came and ministered to him. Some of you are like, ah, I feel like I'm in the wilderness season. Ah, I feel like I'm by myself here. The devil is just playing with my mind. He is. Who's going to come minister to you? Aren't you glad groups are going to start soon? Let's pray. Father, we're here to worship you. You and you alone. We say that there is no one greater, God. This space is all for you to speak. Let this fall on good soil. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen and amen. I, Baltimore County, I appreciate curated places. I really do. Ambiance is everything to me. I mean everything. The exposed bricks, the, 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 the candlelight, the live music. I love going to places that have live music. There's always someone that's like playing, I don't know, Ed Sheer, Sheer, Sharon, Sheer. How do you say this guy's name? You don't know either. Listen, so <laughs> that's playing like an Ed Sheeran song or that guy that's saying, Lost without you. Was that Robin Thicke? Anyway, I love, love places that have live, um, live music. And some of you, you go to places and you people watch. Any people watchers? Yeah. You can people watch. You know what I do when I go to places, especially restaurant? I plate watch. Plate watch. You didn't hear it before, and it's been coined. I plate watch. I love it. Someone like, what's that? Oh, that's good. What's that? 
you know, the smoking appetizer comes and you're just whipping your neck over there like, ooh, what's that? And you know the thing that always gets me the most? The warm bread. It's almost as if the waiter can hear from God. Because the time I'm like starting to just, my stomach starts to get loud. And I'm like, where is the bread? Is it free? Like, what is going on? It's like he comes precisely. And it comes in a swaddling clothes, right? And he puts it gently right there. And I uncover it. And it, the steam rises like a fragrance onto the Lord right into my nostril. And I breathe it in, and I'm like, bread, bread, with the whipped butter, the butter with honey, bread, popover bread, pumpernickel bread, cheesecake factory wheat bread bread with raisin, cornbread. Ah, I love it. Why are we always fasting during DC restaurant week? Have you thought about that? Someone needs to talk to somebody who's in charge here. You know, Baltimore County, there's a place out in Baltimore by Fells Point. It's like, it smells like bread. I think there's a bread factory. Don't go there when you're fasting. Trust me, because you're gonna, your windows are going to be up, and you're just going to smell the bread. It's like percolating, seeping through the windows, and it's just like, mm, I was made for bread. You were made for bread, too. Whole bread. Ezekiel bread. That's a thing. Look it up. I don't know if it's good. Is it good? Okay, let's move on. The Bible says, actually, in John 6, verse 35, it says, I am the bread of life. This is Jesus speaking. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. No matter what your bread preference is, we were made for bread. Say, I was made for bread. We were made to crave bread, and Jesus always satisfies our appetite. Always. Always. The Bible is clear. Those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, that they shall be filled. We were made for bread. Jesus, a.k.a. bread, a.k.a. the word, is food for our soul. It is food for our soul, everybody. It is the nutrition that we need, not just to survive, but to thrive in this world. You know, serious bodybuilders, they're maniacal. Serious bodybuilders, like people really, they do this, right? I'm not talking about those that you, you just ordered a Peloton and you think you're doing something. Is that shade? Okay. You said yes? <laughs> Serious bodybuilders are maniacal about just everything, especially what they consume. They weigh everything, calculating all their macros to the T, like their fats and their carbs and their protein, everything. They calculate it because they know that abs isn't just ha doesn't just happen because of the gym, but abs are made where? Abs are made in the kitchen, everybody. Listen, a peaceful, joy-filled, purposeful life is made It's made, it's made here. It's made here in the word. Some of us, the word is not really real to us. What do I mean? We know the word is good. We know we should read this. We know everything that we need comes from here. But if we look at our lives, the word that we have is, this, this is a sword. From afar, it looks good. Let me give him a right angle so it looks good. <laughs> From afar, this looks good. And it is. You can post it on social media. This looks good. Okay? And something comes, something happens. When we get tempted or something like that, we go to defend ourselves. What word do we use? It's not really real. It has so much doubt in it. It's flimsy. Something happens. Come, try something. 
leave me alone. I don't like you. <laughs> this. like I should be like an extra in like the Lord of the Rings or something. <laughs> this right here. This is real. No, it really is real. It's, it's, it's a real sword, everybody. <laughs> Staff was actually very nervous. So you want a real sword? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they can cut. Yes, I want a real sword. No one wanted to be my extra in this example. So I'm here by myself here. This is a real sword, everybody. It's alive. It's active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. This is penetrating, dividing soul and spirit, bone and marrow. It judges the attitudes and thoughts of the heart. This is real. I wish somebody would come up here. I wish somebody will roll up on my house. Do you know what you're going to be met with? This. The sword of the spirit, a.k.a. the word of God. Jesus, when he is tempted, what happens, everybody? He's Jesus. He could have done anything. He could have called down anything. And what happens, flowers? He says it is written. He gets tempted again. Because the devil is so persistent. And he responds, it is written. He gets tempted yet again, and he responds, it is written. Some of us, when we're tempted to worry, I mean, no one's ever tempted to worry, right? We go to grab something, what happens? No weapon formed against, who is it me? No one formed against me? Shall prosper? Is that what you said? Leave me alone. God gave me, he said, long life? Huh? What? what did he say? No, he said, with long life, I will satisfy you. He said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. He said, I'm the head and not the tail. Oh, he said, everything will work together for my good. That's what he said. This is lethal. This is alive. This is active. This is our only defense against the enemy. Listen, you know, a few years ago, the Lord, um, he spoke to me very clearly. And I, I'm going to read you the verse. It, I didn't like it. Let me tell you that. And you're going to read it, and you're not going to like it either. It's Luke 22, verse 31, 34. He says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. I read it. I said, what's that got to do with me? I just felt the Lord. How do I know he was speaking to me? I didn't hear this audible. It wasn't a State Farm voice. It wasn't anything like that. I was just reading, and the verse kind of just jumped up at me. And it, like, slapped me in the face a little bit. I'm like, ooh, okay. And I felt the Lord say, underline this. Okay, I underlined it. I said, God, what are you saying to me? He said, read it again. He said, Satan has asked for you. He wants to sift you as wheat. Said Zai, Satan wants to sift you as wheat. Sifting as wheat, it's not cute. It's not like, it's not, what's that woman's name? Martha Stewart. It's not, it's not cute. Pioneer woman. It's not, it's, not, it's not cute. It's not a cute activity. Sifting as wheat, it's a, it's a violent shaking. In biblical times, what would happen is that they would put it, the wheat, the wheat plant, they would put it on the floor, the threshing floor. You've probably read that before. And it's a stone floor. And what would happen is that they would take a flail and they would beat it to separate the grain from the shaft. It's violent. It's methodical. It's consistent to cause this separation, this loosening. And so when Jesus is talking to Peter, he's saying, Satan wants to shake you up. He wants to shake you up. He wants you to be shaken. He wants you to be so overwhelmed by everything. You're going to try to get your footing, and then something else is going to happen. That's what he wants to do. And so the Lord was saying, that's what's going to, I'm like, that's what's going to happen. He's like, so Satan has asked for me and God, you didn't say I wasn't available? 
because I'm not. Why does God let things like that happen? Some of you had that question in your heart today. You're tuning in online, you're like, but why is this happening? And I'm telling you that Satan wants to sift you as wheat. He wants to shake you up. But if you continue the verse, it says, but I have prayed for you. Say, Jesus is praying for me. No, say, Jesus is praying for me. How powerful are Jesus' prayers? There's some things that we can't avert. It's gonna happen. I wish to God it doesn't. But here we are, it's happened. Where it's happening. What do we do? We have to realize that Jesus has prayed for us. And we have to look at his example. When he's tempted, he responds with the word. Church, when life hits, because sometimes life just hits. When the tire goes out, when the diagnosis comes, when another friend, God helps me, gets engaged, how you respond, it tells you what you're made of. How we respond, it tells us what we're made of. I think the shaking happens. God allows the shaking so that we can become aware of what's in us. So what's in you? Is it fear? Is it doubt? What's in you? Oh my gosh, I thought, I thought I was good. But the enemy, he studies us. The Bible says that he roams around looking for whom to devour. It's not cute. He's intentional. He's strategic with his temptations and the trials that he brings our way. I'm a mom, and my kids are everything to me. And so that's a weak spot. Okay. Something happens. I remember, and because I was a nurse, something's like, isn't it great that you're a nurse? And so that means that you can, no, it's not great because I know all the things that can happen. So I start to become just creative. All the bad things. Oh my goodness, what's happening here? Oh my goodness, are they going to have this? Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And get tossed and turns, distracted, away from my purpose. Because what? that's what he wants us to do. He wants to separate us from God and his love. But there is nothing, hello, that can separate us from the love of God. What about you? What are your temptations? Please be mindful that he will try it. And especially after we've done fasted. I used to think I got like a get out of jail free card for fasting. Like, oh, she fasted. Okay, cool. I'm just not going to allow anything to happen. No. Well, that's not encouraging. Let me be positive. I am positive, everybody, that the enemy will try something, especially us who just had the best 21 days of our lives. How will you respond? This year, let's respond differently. I'm talking with myself here. This year, let's be anchored. Let's be grounded. Satan can bring bad things. He can tempt us with some good things. Hmm. But let's only be moved by the God thing. Who's with me? Who's with me? If you're taking notes, write this down. It's good bread. It's good bread. It's good it's good, good bread. The <laughs> Tick Tick has gotten so popular over the last couple of years. Tick Tick, yeah. Tick Talk, whatever. That's just a dumb name, too. Come on now. Tick Talk has gotten so popular over the last couple of years. Like, apparently, you can learn anything from Tick Talk. You can learn how to organize your house. You can learn how to cook. You can learn how to take a photo shoot. You can learn everything on Tick Talk. But I'm a Pinterest fan. I guess I'm old school. Any Pinterest fans out there? Exactly. So, a couple of years ago, I did keto. Don't worry, don't get on my back. I asked my doctor and he said, yes, it's cool. So I got on keto and it's essentially a very low, low carb lifestyle. High fat, moderate protein, low carb. And so I go on Pinterest to try to um, help me cook. Cause I'm like, what can I eat? Like we live in a carb filled world. What is this? Anyway, so I go and then all these different things and I get hooked on these keto snacks, right? 
all these like amazing keto snacks. And so I found recipes for cookies. And so I'm like, I'm going to make cookies. And my husband, he loves cookies. So I'm like, I'm going to be the doting wife. I'm going to be awesome. I'm going to make you cookies. I'm like, Steven, I'm going to make you cookies. Like, hey, make some cookies. I said, good, I got you. So I make the cookies. I'm like, and it has some really cool chocolate chips, real chocolate chips. He said, great, real chocolate chips. So I make it. And he takes it and eats it. And he like spits it right back out. And he's like, what is this? And I'm like, a cookie. It's like, what, what did you make this from? I'm like, oh, okay, well, I can't use all-purpose flour, so I had to use a combination of almond flour and coconut flour. Oh, 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 and I also, I, 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 one big thing, I can't use sugar, clearly, so I have to use monk fruit, like a monk fruit extract. He said, what? What type of substitution? I'm like, but I put it with real chocolate chips. He said, this is disgusting. <laughs> I think that's where his trust issues come from now. He's like, what'd you make? And I said, cookies, like, with what? Anyway. You can't make all these substitutions making cookies. I'm like, yes, I can. I wonder how many of us substitute this, the word of God in our lives. Like we have some real aspects in our lives, but most of our lives is made up of something else. Our personality comes exclusively from our horoscopes. Oh, yeah, she's definitely a Gemini. I could tell. Oh, uh, cancers and Tauruses, they don't mix. And before you start going saying that's a teenage thing, a lot of us professionals, a lot of our personality is based on what our Enneagram says. Our Myers-Briggs, our strength finders, yeah? Oh, no, no, no. You know to the letter what an Enneagram 2 is. You know to the letter what your INGFTSQR... know what all these adjectives are. You know exactly what it says about you, but do you know what this says about you? Hello. Am I talking to anybody here? Based on my personality, I'm just a behind-the-scenes person. Doesn't it say that you're the head and not the tail? Does it? We substitute affirmation from the word of God for what our boyfriend tells us or what our spouses tell us. But if your boyfriend or even your spouse, if they affirm you before the word defines you, then they own your self-esteem. And if they own your self-esteem, then when that relationship becomes rocky, what happens? You don't know who you are anymore. Who are you? Some of us, how great we're doing depends on what's happening with our kids. Ah! Pastors, I talk about the singles. Leave us alone. Some of us, we base everything on our kids. If they're doing well, we're doing well. But the second they start to struggle a little bit, then we don't know who we are anymore. We can't be happy. What? It's interesting how, well, let me go back. None of that stuff is really bad. Horoscopes are bad. But none of that other stuff is bad. God can use it, and it's fine. But they're supplements. They're not the diet itself. Our diet is this. This is the good bread. This is what we should based on anchor our lives on, everybody. This is it. The other stuff is just extra. It's icing on the cake. It's not the cake itself, everybody. It's funny how the enemy uses everything to just... Tell us how we should be. For Christmas, funny thing, Zoe, she wanted a specific type of doll. Zoe's our five-year-old, right? And so she wanted a specific type of doll, and I am, I'm just, I mean, I'm the best mom ever. And so I got her a doll. And so when everyone else asked what she wanted, they said this specific doll. And so she got those dolls too. So for Christmas, she was excited, everybody. Like she was, and I'm like, ah. I mean, I'm so awesome. So I got her not just one doll, two doll, three doll, four doll, five dolls. I got her all the dolls, right? And I'm just excited for her to open it up. And how the manufacturer has it is that you can't really see the doll. It's kind of packaged, so you can't see exactly what they look like. So she opens it up. I'm like, what'd you get? I'm like, I got you a... I'm not going to tell you all the name. Maybe I'll tell you if you see me out there. 
but like, I got you this. She's like, mom, this is great. And so she's opening it up. And I'm like, what in the world is this? Y'all, I got my daughter some video vixing, like hoochie mama dolls. I'm not even sure if we use the term hoochie mama. Do we use the term hoochie mama? Like these voluptuous things that have like thongs and stuff like that on. And she's just looking at it. And I'm like, oh my God, God, I'm so sorry. Like, what is this? And Zoe, she doesn't know any better. She's like, do you like them, mommy? Do you like them? I said, mm. about that, Zoe. Let's have a talk. What's wrong, mom? It's not just my opinion, but you know God in his word? She said, uh-huh. He tells us, to dress modestly. You know, God always gives the best, and he gives the best advice, and just, he tells us not to dress like that. So it's not just that mom doesn't like it, but God doesn't like it. I think it breaks his heart. She's five. I don't know how much of that she gets, but it's important for me to start shaping her. Maybe you're not tempted. If I didn't say anything, she would have thought that this is how we're supposed to dress. This is what it looks like to be cool and amazing. Maybe for you, you're not tempted by a doll that looks like a... <laughs> Maybe it's something else. And if we're not careful, we base our identity and our life and what we aspire to with what that says. But the Bible is clear. Do not conform to what, what the world thinks. We should base it on this, on this. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture, someone say all. I used to read that as some scripture. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. All scripture. All scripture. Not some scripture, all scripture. Everybody say all. All scripture. That's kind of hard to digest for a little bit. Some of us, we read the Bible, but it's with skepticism. Have you ever talked to someone that lies? Someone say yes. Did I? You want to talk about it? You know, like they're talking. It's like, why are you lying? There is no need for you to lie. Like, stop it. Like they're talking. You just completely checked out. Like you're in another world. You're thinking about what you're going to eat for lunch. I mean, you're just everywhere else. I wonder if we read the Bible like that. It's talking to us. Psalm 84. No good thing will you withhold from them that walk uprightly. but I'm so single. You give me the desires of my heart. Why are you lying, God? Is he lying? If you're struggling to believe the Bible is more than a good book, test it. Test it. God isn't scared of you and your doubts, by the way. Some of us, we feel like we can read it, but I can't tell him I'm struggling here. There was actually a guy that says, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. Test it. Test it. Test it with hope, though. Test it with faith. Test it. Don't just be hearers of the word. Be doers. Test it. Knock if you buck. What's happening here? Test it. Tested. I used to struggle before in the beginning, like, tithe? 10%? Why did you choose 10? Why not like five? Okay, seven. Okay, God, I'll give you eight. No, he says 10. Test it. So I did. Test it. The Bible says when we do, when we tithe, he, get, he said he throws open the floodgates of heaven says that he pours out a blessing that there's not room enough to contain. Test it. If you're struggling to humble yourself, 
or to consider another higher than yours? Test it. Test it. Do what it says. Literally just test it. Test it. Humble yourself. See if he doesn't exalt you. If you're struggling to seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness, flowers, Baltimore County, test it. See if he does not add everything else onto you. Test it. Some of us, you know, we have some word in our life, right? But it's this. It's flimsy. It's, we haven't tested it. So the enemy comes and we're picking up something that bends. It's not real. We're using it, but we're like, how do I do? What do I do? Huh? You can't use a weapon that you haven't tested. Would you? Come on. You can't use. What? Something happens. What are you doing? I don't know. What you doing? <laughs> Test it. Something happens. Test it. I used to struggle with a little bit of anxiety. <sighs> Let me say this in last services. Just nervous that something bad is going to happen at any given moment. Especially at night. My husband, he would travel or something. Sometimes I'll just hear noises. And I'm like, what is happening here? Until I read Psalm 91. He commands his angels concerning me. So when the enemy starts, and then sometimes you hear the creeps and stuff, I'm like, is there someone in my house? It's my imagination. I don't know. But it's, so, it's something silly. That's just my story. But the word, it grounded me. And I'm like, no. He commands his angels concerning me. I wish again somebody will roll up in my house. None of you going to come over now for dinner, are you? <laughs> Test it. It's good bread. It's really good bread. It tastes good. Second thing is eat bread daily. Eat a bread daily. You know, when y'all go to a restaurant and they give you the bread, think of me. Someone really is going to think of me. Think of me at me. Say, hey, I'm eating my bread. Yes. Eat bread daily. There's a guy. I call him Angus Beef. That's not his name. His name is Angus Barbieri. <laughs> um, he holds the world record for going without solid food. It says that he went on a strike, a food strike, for 382 days. He did not eat solid food. 382 days, y'all. He first weighed 400 and, what does it say, 472 pounds. And then at the end of his food strike, he weighed 176 pounds. Yeah. He had deteriorated so much, everyone. Like, so much. It was crazy, insane. He was unrecognizable. Why? Because he wasn't getting his daily bread. Some of us, maybe physically, we still weigh the same. But if we talk about our faith and what we believe, how much do we weigh? How much do we weigh? Some of us, the last time we ate this was last week at church. I'm not mad. We all have to start somewhere. But this thing, it should be daily. This is the nutrients that we need. This is what fills us up. It fills us up. Some of us, because we don't eat this, everything else looks so good. What's that? I want some of that. We go to the restaurant, we skip the bread. When you skip the bread, you're looking forward to something else, right? This is what should fill you. This is what should fill me. But we don't, it's only when crisis happens, I'm like, I need, I need a job. I'm going to read the book of Job. Job would not be the best encouragement at the time. Uh, we can build a habit. Say, I can build a habit. Come on, flowers. Say, I can build a habit. I did for checking Instagram. Notice I said me, not you. You know what your screen time is. We can build a habit. We did for brushing our teeth twice a day and flossing. We floss, right? Of course we do, someone said. We can build a habit. Let me put the cookies on the bottom shelf 
Some of you, you're going to think that, oh, this is really simple. I'm going to make it simple. We have all types of people come into this church, and I love it. You're welcome. Some of you have never even read the Bible. It's great. Come, come, keep coming. Cookies on the bottom shelf. Set an appointment to read this. Set an appointment to, to have your quiet time. Just set an appointment. You can put it on your phone and all that. I do. And here's the next thing. Prioritize that appointment. Uh, margin doesn't just happen. We have to create it. It's going to be when you set your time like, yeah, I'm about to meet up with God. I'm excited for it. That's when your kids poop. You couldn't hold your bladder, Jade? She's six months. That's when the call comes. That's when the email happens. All these different distractions. I think the enemy does that intentionally, by the way. But we have to prioritize it. Say, hey, on my way to work, it's 30 minutes commute. I'm going to actually do this. What am I going to do? Worship. Like, worship. It just gets you in the mood, gets you focused off of you onto him. Worship. And then pray. Pray what? Whatever's on your mind. Use the prayer booklets. Pray. Last thing, read. You can actually physically read it if you're not driving. Don't be driving up on 495 talking about passes. No. You can put it on um, the version Bible app. It can read to you. Read. Prioritize. And don't be a Pharisee like me. I used to be so excited that I did my morning devotional. My streak. Hmm. 200 days. I haven't missed it. What? Doing this, but not really letting this read me. That's a waste of our time. Some of us were reading this, but nothing's happening. Why? The Bible says this in Joshua 1.8. It says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success, Baltimore. That's what the Bible says. Okay, what's happening here? Joshua is about to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. The promised land exists. It's happening. It's, they're literally at the threshold of it. They're about to go in, right? What happens? God says, okay, I have this for you, but let me give you the number one strategy. The number one strategy is to have this to speak it, to meditate on it. When you do that, then you'll have success. Some of us, we're just reading it, and it's like, what did you, what did we read? I don't know. The Bible became real to me when I began to meditate on it. And I know meditation is like, a, you think, is this Eastern medicine? What do they believe in this church? Go to Growth Check, you'll find out. We believe in God, I promise. But meditate. Have you ever eaten something good? Like delicious, delicious. And you're like, how did they prepare this? What is this? Is that rosemary? They put rosemary in that. Oh, oh, they added, mmm, garlic. Yeah, they put, and they, I think they cooked it in bacon grease, do you? They cooked it in bacon grease. And you're just excited about it, and you're sitting with it. Like, you're just savoring every bite. You know what I'm talking about? Guys, I like food. That's why I work out. But you, I mean, you're just, you're just taking your time to eat it. You've meditated. That's meditation. We do it normally, naturally. We know how to meditate. How do I know? Because we know how to worry. Glorious. We know how to worry. Some of us, we cannot get things off of our mind. Have you ever gotten in an argument with somebody and it was just like a couple of days later, the argument is still fresh and you have all these things that you wish you would have said? Like you remember, oh, the perfect clap back. Like you just forgot it and you're wishing, you're, I'm like, your mama, you know, like all these different, <laughs> all these different things. You're just playing it, rehearsing it over and over and over. That's meditation. We know how to meditate, everybody. Meditation is just, when we read this, it's rolling it over and over and over and over again in our mind. Over and over. Everyone who can cook. You got some good cooks out here? Oh. Oh. 
I guess we're a door dashing <laughs> church. <laughs> Any good cook, the few of us that are in the room, we know leftovers are the bomb.com. You know that it's all coagulated and it's like, mmm, mmm. That's meditation. You read something, go back to it. The next day, go back to it. You're going to be reading your Bible, your plan, and all of that. And then something is going to jump up at you. When it does, stay with it. That's the Lord highlighting. And for example, Bible in Deuteronomy, it says that God gives us the ability to build wealth, right? God gives us the ability to build wealth. What I do when I'm meditating is that I highlight a different word. I'm saying the sentence over and over again until something jumps up. God gives the ability to build wealth. Not my parents, not my job, anything like, no, no, it's God. God gives the ability so he doesn't give me cash and stuff like that. He can, but not always. He gives you the ability. Okay, what are my abilities, God? What is it that you've placed inside of me? What are my gifts? What is it? God gives me the ability to build wealth. So it's not just going to be easy. It actually requires something from me. Yes, he gives me ability to build. God, what is it that you've called me to build? What is it? Is this this? Is it that? No, God gives me the ability to build wealth. He gives me the ability to build wealth. So when I see someone else that has wealth, good for you. God has given me the ability to build wealth. I'm not jealous of you. I know that God gives me the ability to build wealth. So what am I going to do? I'm going to hold the word. God gives me the ability to build wealth. That word is for me. That word is not just for me. That word is for you. Some of you, you heard that verse, but it's this. So someone else gets blessed and you're like, but God gives you the ability to build wealth. We're meditating. We're meditating. The last thing is this, share your plate. Share your plate. The last night on vacation is always the most stressful for me. Always the most stressful to me. Why? Because it's the last night. So first of all, I'm like, oh, do we have to go back to our kids? <laughs> I guess so. Recently, we went and uh, I mean, my husband, he's semi-picky. All the pressure. So I'm like, oh my gosh, where are we going to go? What are we going to eat? Open table, open table. Like, what are you going to do? Holy Spirit, like, God, highlight the place that we're supposed to go. So I find a spot, and we go, and all the vibes, all the ambiance, everything, right? You got the lights. You got the, the people, like, singing. It's not Robin Thicke, though, but it's like this Marachi-type band. I'm like, okay, it's cool. You got the warm bread, praise God, and the food. The food looks amazing, and I'm eating. I'm looking at my husband like, does he like it? And he's like, mm, this is good. Pause. I grew up normal. So if something is good, I am going like, oh, this is good. Here, you want some? Here, take it. My husband wasn't necessarily raised by wolves. I love you, Pastor Ron. Maybe it's just because he was one of five. I don't know, but he's pretty protective. If something is good, he keeps it to himself. I'm like, he's like, mm, this is good, babe. I'm like, it is. Give me some. No. You want some? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Order some. Stephen Rodney Chandler, are you kidding me? What do you, no, like, let me have some. It's like, no, if you want some, order. I wonder if that's how we are. We eat something that's really, really good. A word just encourages us. You know, the Bible says he sent his word to heal them and save them from their distraction. And we eat it, and it's like, oh, man, this is so good. I'm getting so much hope out here. This is so good. And someone is looking at you like, what's that? Mind your business, lady. Like, what? Oh, and you're all happy-go-lucky. Oh, my God. This is so good. <laughs> What's that? Why don't we share? When God really speaks, why don't we share? Why don't we share? The Bible says in Romans 10, <sighs> But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone shares their plate? Why don't we share? I was preparing this message and I was freshly broken. 
you know our world is crazy, right? And it seems lately like there's just so much going on. War with Russia, COVID. I mean, all these different things just continue to happen on top of regular life. It's such a dark world, right? And people are starving, and we have the bread of life, and what are we doing? Gorging on it, and then they are starving. What? I was a nurse, and it's just, I gave pain medication frequently. And it's like, I would never hear someone cry out, whether I was a nurse or not, saying, like, I'm in pain, I'm in pain, and I'm looking, I have all the pain medication. And they're crying out, I'm in pain, and I'm in pain. I think it's evil to not at least share. This is medicine. And there are people that are crying out, saying they're in pain. And what are we doing? Why don't we share? I am super passionate about the Word of God. Super passionate. And sometimes I don't share because I don't want to overwhelm somebody. I don't want them to think, oh my gosh. Is that I'm going to run the other way. I just don't want to scare people. Some of us, we don't want to be seen as a nutcase. So we don't share. Some of us, we're fearful. We don't want others to start poking holes in our lives. So you believe that verse, but what about that one? You're a hypocrite. So we don't share. Some of us, we're not even thinking about it. It's not that we don't want to share, but it's just that we're just not thinking about it. Let me tell you, the, the world is starving. It's starving, and we have the bread of life. A couple of years, not a, couple, a long time ago, there was a lot that had happened. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. My dad had died, and it, it was unexpected. And when he died, I didn't have a relationship with him. He was trying to build one with me, but I was just so angry, so just angry at all the years that passed by that I didn't give him a chance. And then he unexpectedly dies. Imagine the guilt. Imagine the guilt. I'm heartbroken that my dad died. And I feel even worse because he tried to build a relationship with me and I didn't because I was angry. I couldn't forgive him. God. And then someone on Twitter, one that was just scrolling absentmindedly, they posted this. They said, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. I had never seen that before. And they said, Psalm 34. I said, what? That's Bible? And so I became curious. It's like something within me saw something and I'm like, huh. I wonder what else the rest of the verse said. So then I end up going on social, I'm going on um, the internet and just looking up the rest of Psalm 34 and it just encouraged me so much. Listen church, it started my journey with Christ because of something that I saw on Twitter. Someone decided to share their plate, a little bit of encouragement and it started my journey towards faith on Twitter, a small little post started this journey towards, oh my God, and I'm so grateful for it. All the guilt and condemnation that was in my heart. I didn't know what to do with it. But the word had something to say that God was close to that mess. People talk about heartbreak. What happens when you cause your own heart to break? And you feel responsible, everybody. And someone shares something that starts me on the right path. What about you? You don't have to be perfect. Stop that. Quit that. There's no such thing as perfect people. That's not even real. We're broken people in pursuit of the perfect one. That's who we are. God can use anything. He's just looking for vessels. Church, we have the best opportunity. February 6th is around the corner. We've prayed and we've fasted for the harvest, and guess what? It's here. What are you going to do about it? We can tell somebody. We can share. And I'm not talking necessarily about sharing a verse. Yes, do that for sure. But I'm talking mostly about sharing Jesus. <laughs> share Jesus. 
the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know what, hey. Like, it doesn't have to be weird. Don't be weird. Can you promise me that we're not going to be weird? Share. If God has blessed you at all, if there's something in here that has encouraged you, eat it, digest it, but don't just keep it to yourself. Share it with someone else that's starving. Share it with someone else that's in pain. This right here, the Bible says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word, it will never pass away. This right here is nutrition. It's food for our soul, and we have the opportunity coming right up to share. Church, let's be a people that shares. The Bible says if his name be lifted up, that he will draw all men near. Have you been sa- have you been comforted at all? When I don't feel like it, because let me tell you the truth, sometimes I don't feel like it. Someone else is gonna give him medicine. Someone else is gonna share their plate. No, that someone else is me. That someone else is you. You're in that school for a reason. You're at that job for a reason. They're your family member for a reason. Share what God has done. Amen? Amen? Can you join me in this? I want everything to be roses, everybody. But I know in this world, the enemy's strategic. He's going to do a whole lot of stuff. When things happen, let us have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, that is going to, of course, thwart all of the enemy's attacks. But not just that. This Word of God is fuel. It's literally fuel to help a starving world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, I pray that today your people heard you. The Word, God, is alive. It's active. Let it be alive and active in our lives. God, give us a want-to attitude. Give us a get-to attitude. God, some people in this room, they are feeling not condemned, Father, but they're feeling conviction that only comes for you. God, I thank you for that. Some people in this room, God, you're placing in their hearts just people that we can share just the word with, Jesus with. God, I thank you for that. And yet there are other people in this room, Father, They don't know you. They've only heard about you, but today they're feeling something. They're feeling this tugging in their hearts, and God, I pray that you'll draw them even closer. If that's you, maybe you grew up in church, maybe this is your first time back, and you're like, I feel something different. I just, I just want a relationship with God. I want a fresh start. I think I've been doing it all wrong, and guess what? All of this is for this moment. You weren't just scrolling on the internet. No, God God made this appointment with you, for you, so that he can tell you that he loves you, that he sent his son to die on the cross for you, that he has a sword that he wants to equip you with. If that's you, they want to start that relationship or re-engage with Christ, it'll be my honor and my pleasure to pray for you. I'm not going to have you stand up right where you are. And church, out of encouragement, can you please repeat this prayer after me? Say, Holy Spirit, right now, I ask that you come into my life. I acknowledge that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. God, lead me. I surrender my life to you. God, thank you for what's next. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give a hand clap to the Lord?